98.6 FM. You are In other bad news, the oat milk shortage is going to continue. Well, good morning, everybody. It's great to see you. Uh, my name is Grant, if I haven't met you before, and I've been gone for the last couple of weeks, and so excited to be able to be back with you today. So I walked into Costco last Thursday. On my left was a Costco employee with a mask and a clicker, doing her thing. You've probably seen her there multiple times before. On my right was a Costco employee with a mask who was holding a little tiny sign. And before we approached her, Laurel and I did what we had always done. Out in the parking lot, we get out of the car because we've been doing the same thing that everybody else has. And we do the little thing that we've become so adept at, unless you're wearing a microphone strapped to your head and then it gets a little awkward. And, and we walk up and, and we see, you know, one person with a mask, one person without a mask, one person with a clicker, the other person with a sign. They hold up the sign. I walk over because I'm curious. I read the sign. And the sign says, Blah, 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 blah. If you've been vaccinated and are two weeks out, you no longer have to wear a mask in Costco. And I'll be honest, I had a little Braveheart moment. I'm like, freedom, right? Thank you, Jesus. No more fog glasses, no more breathing my own air. And Laurel and I happened to fit into that category, so we took our masks off and start walking around. For the record, to be or not to be in that vaccinated category is a personal decision that you need to make after much prayer, seeking God, and talking to your doctor. Okay? Your decision. So we're walking around. Other people without masks are smiling at us. It's like we're like, woohoo! Some people with masks are staring at us. Whoa, 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 right? And I have this weird feeling because it feels like there's judgment in the air all over the place. And, and I'm, just feeling, I'm just feeling weird. I'm feeling weird without a mask because I've been wearing one for 15 months. And even with permission, I just feel like I'm kind of wrapped in uncertainty. As I'm asking questions, was the sign right? Are we right? Am I safe? Am I good? Are we good? Are you safe? I, I chose to be good. You know what I wanted to do by the time we walked out of Costco? I wanted to take my mask and I wanted to reposition it right up here. That's where I wanted to put it. Because <laughs> we left Costco, went to Fred Meyer, and had to put her mask right back on again, right? As we move forward in uncertain times as a pastor, I am most concerned about our responses to each other. And let me tell you why. It's because the Bible says that the world will know that we love him based on our love for one another. So I want to start this morning by telling you that this is God talking with certainty to his children about how we're supposed to act as we have all of this uncertainty swirling around us. God said, judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. 
God said, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Jesus said, love your neighbor. The Apostle Paul said, love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Here it comes. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. Hmm, that's challenging. And if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. We're all facing uncertainty in these days. My scenario on Thursday reminded me of a time when I was visiting a city I didn't know, and I found one of those You Are Here maps, you know, and I was excited to find it. I I wanted to figure out where I was. I was glad to see it. I wanted to orient myself. I wanted to find out my location so I could establish my direction, and I just wanted for someone or something to declare with certainty, you are, you're here. Here was the problem. Somebody had showed up at the sign before I got there and added a second sticker and a dot that said, you are here. So I walk up to the map, and there's two dots that say, you are here. That is not helpful. That's not helpful at all. I'm just like, and I actually walked up, I I tapped on the glass. I don't know how they got it tucked up underneath of there, but there was no way of telling which dot actually was there first. So this was, I was more uncertain staring at the map going, what do you, I need to know where I am. You're here. No, you're here. I mean, what should have been a moment of certainty had actually become uncertain. Our lives are so full of uncertainty these days. None of us can see into the future, so we do what we believe is right and what we believe is the most prudent thing to do when we're faced with uncertainty. We buy insurance. Think about it for a second. We're uncertain about our health. I don't know how I'm going to feel a week from now, so I better have health insurance. We're uncertain about everybody else's driving and the reliability of our vehicle, so we buy car insurance and extended warranties. We're uncertain about lightning, fire, earthquakes, and floods. And because tragedy doesn't book a date or a time on our calendar ahead of time, we buy house insurance. Why? Because we're uncertain that some of those things might happen to us. God forbid. There's other areas of uncertainty that you can't buy insurance for, uncertainly. Many of us right now, we're uncertain of friendships. Boy, we thought we were good. We thought we were solid. And then suddenly, because of something we said, all of our opinions are being held against us in a court of public opinion and social media. And people that we thought were safe, suddenly, they are not. We were certain, boy, those friends are solid. And then suddenly, nope. If you need a little help in that area, we released a podcast a couple of weeks ago on the topic of walking away from toxic people. It might surprise you, but Jesus did that. Like, okay, I'm, I'm going to walk away. This is toxic for me. 
We welcomed author, best-selling author, Gary Thomas. Gary and Lisa actually used to attend CTK before they moved to Houston, Texas, and now Gary is one of the teaching pastors at what I believe is the second largest church in the country. And Gary came and he shared his wisdom from his book, When to Walk Away, and uh, I want to encourage you to listen to it. It's at podcast.ctk.church. You're going to find so much freedom in the content. That's the feedback we've been getting over and over again. also want to let you know we're dropping a new episode this week. We're going to flip the COVID narrative on its head in, in, in the best way possible. I know you will be encouraged. So we're all facing uncertainty. Every single one of us. We face uncertainty in relationships. We're facing uncertainty in the future. We're facing uncertainty in the economic world. Some sources say it's all good right now. But then other sources are saying, oh, don't be so sure. We've got all kinds of things coming in. Debt, inflation, job shifts, interest rates, housing markets gone crazy. We face political uncertainty because the divide just keeps getting wider and wider and wider. We face uncertainty every time we walk out the door because on our newsfeed, it seems like there's a mass shooting somewhere else in the country almost every other day. There's just so much uncertainty. And because some of us actually get a little amped up and anxious when we hear this kind of thing, this is what I want to say to you right now. I want to say, okay, everybody, take a deep breath. And some of you are like, why can we do that? Are we allowed? Are you sure, Grant? We're not alone in our uncertainty. Several thousand years ago, the nation of Israel was divided right down the middle. Four different governing bodies had taken their best shot at leadership. Two of them had some success, and then there was all kinds of devastation. The root cause of every one of their downfalls was pride. I think that's important for us to note. Other leadership groups, they didn't have any success at all. They chose to walk away from God and they suffered the consequences. So here we are. At this point in history that we're going to talk about today, we find the nation of Israel broken at the core, divided down the middle, riddled with idolatry, hypocrisy, injustice, corruption, and uncertainty. And in the middle of that, God sends a lone messenger with a very simple message. The prophet Isaiah, 700 years before Jesus shows up, has this message. Come back to God with certainty. Don't step to the right or to the left. Come back to God with certainty. Come back to God knowing that into the mess, God is going to send a Savior, Emmanuel, God with us. It's Merry Christmas in May. If you read the book of Isaiah for 39 chapters, Isaiah tells a story of God's judgment, and he just unleashes himself. He speaks against those people who refuse to put their certainty into the hands of God. He rails against those who dare to think they're good enough, that sin's no big deal, that God's going to grade on a curve and turn his blind eye to evil and that everybody's going to get into heaven. He rails against that false ideology. It's a tough read for 39 chapters. And then in chapter 40, things pivot and change. The tone changes. The message moves to those people who've put their future and their certainty in God and God alone. So today, I want to unpack one verse. I don't remember the last time I preached on one single verse. One verse, Isaiah 41.10. My prayer is that this will be a deep encouragement to those who've put their trust in the certainty of God's character and a call for all to put their certain trust in Jesus today. My prayer today, all since Saturday night and today has been that God would transcend time and space. I had a, a message earlier from someone who said, hey, we Grant, I've got family in Denmark and Sweden that are watching this message right now. 
My prayer is that God would take this message to whoever needs it, wherever they find themselves in the world. Isaiah says to all those who are struggling with some level of uncertainty, these words. And he gives us two commands, two I am statements, and two I will statements. It's going to become important, the symmetry of this verse. Two commands, two I am statements, and two I will statements. And I want to remind you, as a prophet, Isaiah is not speaking on his own behalf. He's speaking on behalf of God. And here's the verse. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And that's such good Bible, I'm going to say it again. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. In the grip of uncertainty, this was God's word to his children. In the grip of our uncertainty, this is God's word to his children. You know how I know that? Because of what it says in verse 9. The previous verse, it says, God speaking, I took you from the ends of the earth, from its farthest corners, I've called you. I said, you are my servant. I've chosen you and not rejected you. I read that verse and I, did, I, I start to, 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 to get this confidence starting to build inside of me. I can feel this. I'm absolutely certain before I chose God, God chose me. I have not been rejected. I know with the knowing my identity is solid, not because of who I am, but because of who God says I am. I am absolutely certain. If you're a follower of Jesus today, there's something inside of you that should start to, to, to kind of bubble up when it's just like, God, God picked me. God picked me. Chris, Jerry, Jesus picked you. Could have picked anybody. He picked both of you by name. You're mine. Those girls right there, those are my daughters. Kim, Bruce, God picked you. Could have picked any. He picked you. And he calls us by name, one at a time, drawing each one of us to, our, to himself so that we know our identity is solid. On Christ, the solid rock I stand all other ground is sinking sand. I need no other argument. I need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me. I'm certain of that. Pastor Chuck Smith was an incredibly dynamic leader in the Calvary Chapel movement. I've read so much of what Pastor Chuck wrote over the years. Pastor Chuck used to say this, don't trade what you do know for what you don't know. Let me say that again. Don't trade what you do know for what you don't know. When you are, have question marks swirling around your life, don't trade what you know for sure for a whole bunch of stuff that you don't know. Here's the reality. I, I have no idea what Monday holds for me. I have no idea. I've got a calendar and some stuff scheduled out, but I don't, I don't know what Monday holds for me. I don't know how long I'm going to live. I don't know for sure what we're eating after church. I heard a rumor of calzones and some other stuff. That sounds good to me, but I, mean, I don't really know what we're going to be having afterwards. I don't know what I'm going to wear tomorrow. I'm, I have no idea. I don't know how much, I don't know much with certainty on an earthly level, which prompts a question. If there's so much that we don't know, what are you certain of today? There you go. I mean, we can just start handing a microphone around, right? These are the things that I'm certain of. Now, some of you are honest, and you would say, uh, 
Not sure. I'm not sure. But others in the room would go, no, there are some things of which I am absolutely certain. The Bible uses these kinds of words. Certain, sure, confident, knowing. And it uses them when it's trying to communicate our foundation. So I went through my Bible this past week and I just started highlighting things that I am absolutely convinced of. No one can convince me otherwise. The promise of salvation is sure, Romans 4.16. The foundation of God is sure, 2 Timothy 2.19. Christ is a sure anchor in the presence of God, Hebrews 6.19. Surely Jesus has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, Isaiah 53.4. God's mercies are certain, Isaiah 55.3. John said, we are sure, speaking of Jesus, you know all Things, John 17, 8. Peter said, we are certain that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. John 6, 69. David said, the testimony of God is sure. Psalm 19, 7. I am a certain of these truths. And that brings comfort to me because in a world full of uncertainties, God says, oh, of this you can be certain. Amen. You can be certain. Ephesians 1, 14 says, when you believed you were marked in him with a seal. Can I make an appeal to you? People of God, stop wasting time trying to figure out the mark of the beast and focus on the mark of the lamb. When you believe you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who's a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance, until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise, to the praise of his glory. The Holy Spirit of God is the pledge of our eternity. He's the pledge of our certainty. That word pledge is the Greek word erebon. It means the guarantee, the down payment, a deposit, a promise. It's the, the root word that we get our word engagement ring from. It's a symbol of a pledge. It's a promise. When we are surrounded with uncertainty, God deals in certainties. We find our certainty in Jesus, no matter how uncertain the world may become. And the world of Israel at this time in history, in the time of Isaiah, was so uncertain. So God says, I've got two commands, two I am statements, and two I will statements. Are you ready for it? All of that was just introduction. Now you guys are really nervous, okay? Here's what God says. So do not fear. You got all these question marks. Do not fear. And some of us, we put our hand up and go, I object. I am afraid. I might not call it fear, but I object. I don't know where I am, so how can I pretend to not have some fear in my life? Some of us would say, I object. I I'm afraid. I I'm afraid to say anything, to say anything online. Because if I say anything online right now, I'm going to get canceled. Just so you know, I consider myself somewhat cool just because I know what cancel culture actually is. All right? I'm sticking with that story. All right? I'm afraid, to, you know, some of us might say I'm afraid to go out in public because I, I fear someone might do something crazy. I'm afraid to tell people about my, my, my belief in Jesus because I fear rejection. I'm afraid of dying because I fear if you're dying and all of the unknowns that go along with that. Some people would say, I, I'm, not I'm not afraid of heaven, but how I get there, that raises some legitimate concerns. Okay, there you are. And God is right there with you. 
Like, can we just be real enough to say, I, I'm here. <laughs> That's where I am. I've got some stuff. We have to acknowledge that we are here and God is right here with us because of what comes very right next in the verse. So do not fear, for I am with you. When we are uncertain, we hold to the promise of the presence of God. God is with me. God is for me. God is fighting for me. The battle of our uncertainty actually belongs to the Lord, and he will be victorious. He actually promised me a victory over that. Of that, I am absolutely certain. We did this series called Wilderness at the beginning of the year. One of my favorite chapters in the book of Exodus was Exodus 14. If you don't know the context, let me just bring you up to speed really quick. The Israelites are being chased by the Egyptian army. They're pinned against the sea. They've got mountain ranges on both sides. An army that wants to eradicate them behind them and nothing but water in front of them. They're fearful because they're uncertain of their life expectancy. They're fearful because they thought God promised them freedom, but it appears like it's going to be very short-lived. So they cry out in fear to their leaders, and Moses replies with certainty. Do not be afraid. Stand firm. You know what I believe is a great definition of stand firm? We stand firm when we don't trade what we do know for what we don't know. Stand firm. Then Moses says, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only come up with a strategic plan as to how you're going to map out the rest of your life. Is that what your Bible says? That's not what my Bible says. My Bible says the Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. Be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff. Stretch out your hands. Divide the water so that the Israelites, who were God's people with God's presence, so that they can go through on dry ground. When you are uncertain, this is absolutely essential to hold on to. Do not be afraid. God is with you. Stand firm. Stand firm in the certainty that God is with you, that he's present right now, that he's actively listening to your questions, that he's actually stepped into your fear, not pulled away from it. Believe in your heart that he's there to comfort you, that he's an active presence in the midst of all of the question marks. Do not be afraid. Stand firm. Be still and know that he is God. And then move in that promise. Move in that promise with confidence. Why? Because God's got a certain miracle waiting for you. You need to step into it. Do not be afraid. I'm with you. Then he says, do not be dismayed. Do not be dismayed. It literally is translated from the ancient language to anxiously look at each other in distress. And isn't that what we do, right? You know, we're kind of freaked out, so we start looking at each other. You would have laughed this week if you would have been able to look at my email box because uh, I, I was in, in, a, in an email string with a whole bunch of chapter, or with a whole bunch of pastors, and we were all asking the same question. Hey, what are you going to do this weekend? Like with the whole masking thing, what are you going to do? You know, CDC and the you know, Walking Health Organization and this group and this group. And what are you going to do? 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 That was the most popular email in my box all week long. All, everybody that I know, all asking the same question. What are you going to do? 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 Do you know what the most popular answer was? I don't know. 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 
When we're uncertain, we look to each other for answers. It's not comforting when you look to someone else for an answer and their response is, I don't know. That's why God is saying, don't be dismayed. Don't look to each other in your uncertainty. Look to me. Now, let's be careful. Is it good to seek wisdom from each other? Absolutely. But we have to look to God as our final authority. We have to take our marching orders from him. We need to seek first his kingdom. Do not be dismayed. And then what does he say? For I am your God. When I read those words and underlined them in my Bible this week, I am your God, it immediately prompted another verse. If God is for us, who can be against us? This is personal I am your God. In times of uncertainty, God is with me. He's for me. I don't belong to to them, they. I belong to him. I am his and he is mine. Two commands followed by two I am statements and then come the I will statements. This is what God says. I will strengthen you and help you. Hudson Taylor was a missionary legend. I actually wrote several pages or papers on Hudson Taylor when I was in college. Lived between 1832 and 1905, created one of the largest modern missionary movements in history known as China Inland Mission. Hudson Taylor was known for his certainty. He was absolutely certain that God would help him and strengthen him, even though if you read his biography, his life was full of incredible grief and lots of difficulty. He admitted, he goes, I struggle with depression and anxiety. His wife died at 33. Four of their eight children died before they reached the age of 10. He had a tough life. These were heartbreaking realities that I'm sure challenged at times Taylor's certainty when it came to his calling. There was a moment in his ministry when he felt like God had called him to recruit more people to come to China to be missionaries. Based on all of the pain that Taylor went through, I I think that would be quite the task, trying to convince people, like, this has been my experience over here. Why don't you come and join me? Not an easy recruitment. At one point, Taylor wrote a a recruitment letter, and the words, the letters of that recruitment letter have become um, legendary. His final word to this person that he was trying to convince to come to China and serve with him, these were his final words. We have 27 cents. 27 pennies. He said, we have 27 cents and all of the promises of God. Hundreds of people signed up. That is certainty that God will strengthen me and help me. When you can say, hey, here's my recruitment pitch. Here's how you can feel so good about coming over here to this side of the ocean and sharing Jesus. This is what I got. I got 27 cents. And every single one of the promises of God at my disposal. Taylor was certain God would keep his promise to strengthen him and help him. His story reminds me of another man a biblical character who underwent unbearable grief and trial. Job lost all of his children. He lost his fortune. He lost his health. 
He was devastated with uncertainty. And yet, we find Job speaking out loud to his uncertain world these words of conviction, Job 19. I know that my Redeemer lives. I know that. And in the end, he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh, I will see God. I myself will see him with my own eyes, I and not another, how my heart yearns within me. Job was longing, he was yearning with trust and hope that God would deliver him. And isn't it amazing what comes next in Isaiah's prayer, speaking the word of God over us. He says, I will uphold you. That's God saying, I promise you deliverance. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's actually a really big deal. The right hand was a symbol of strength and power and authority because unless you happen to be left-handed, it was the hand that either carried the sword of a warrior or the scepter of a king. Isaiah is saying, you want to know where you are? You are here. Right in the center of the palm of the God who runs everything. And there is no safer place that any of us could be. Do not be afraid. I'm with you. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you by my righteous right hand. So I've been preaching for a couple of weeks. Actually took some, a little bit of time off, even though I've been working and, uh, the reason we had this little window in our schedule is because Laurel and I were actually supposed to be in Thailand. We were supposed to be on the ground in Chiang Mai meeting with all of our global partners uh, from a nation that we have absolutely fallen in love with. I love Thailand. I love my brothers and sisters. I love their passion for the gospel. I love the, the, the price that they are willing to pay. We challenged you several years ago to help us open house churches for $300 a piece and you showed up and we had matching dollars and we ended up raising over 75,000 and then it got matched and we just saw hundreds of house churches. We've shown you the videos of thousands of Thai brothers and sisters lining up on the bank of a lake to go in and be baptized one after the other, after the other, after the other. I don't know if you know this or not, but you got to be a part of, of a revival <laughs> breaking out in Thailand. And we were so excited to go. We were invited to come to the Thai National Congress and we were going to get to see all of our partners one place at one time. They were expecting between three and 5,000 leaders at the Congress and they asked me to speak. I was so excited, honored, and humbled to be a part of it. And then, like so many things in the last 15 months, the whole thing got canceled. And I'll be honest, I was discouraged. You may not know this, but I'm just as tired of this COVID thing as you are. I'm just done, right? The leadership team from Thailand, actually, though, they said, even though we're going to cancel it in person, we're going to move the Congress online. And they asked if we could do them a favor. They said, Grant, could you take the message you were going to speak here? Could you actually preach it in your worship center and use your cameras? And which, by the way, couldn't have done this project without you because your generosity has paid for the cameras and paid for the, the technology and all that stuff, and you paid for the staff that day, our tech director and our, our camera people, you, you, you actually picked up the bill for all of it, so thank you. 
They asked if we, we could record the message and they would subtitle it and they would, and they would dub it, you know, um, tie over top of it and, and send it out over the internet. I remember coming that morning, had to wear a suit. That was kind of uncertain for me. That's just not normally how we do things. But I was kind of uncertain about that. I was uncertain about what to preach. I was uncertain about, I was uncertain about like, God, do you know what you're doing? We were supposed to be there when we wanted to be there. I was uncertain about my ability to communicate over a language barrier and a technology barrier. I was uncertain whether or not we could pull it off in the time that they needed it to be pulled off. To be honest, I was just a little fearful. Boy, I wish I would have known then what I know now. Do not be afraid. I am with you. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. I'm also the God of all your brothers and sisters in Thailand. (laughs) I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you by my righteous right hand. God is saying, I've got this. I have a plan. You can't always see it, but be sure, be certain. Step out in confidence. Just do what I've asked you to do and watch what happens. Up in my office, I have a letter. Happy to show it to you if you're skeptical from the Thai Leadership Congress group that said, on the night that we showed the video, when we were expecting in person would have been three to 5,000 people, on the night that we showed the video of your message, 234,297 people, just under a quarter of a million people watched it live on Facebook and YouTube. You may not be able to see it. And you may be struggling with all of the question marks you have around you. But of this, I can say with absolute certainty, God has a plan and it is greater and grander than you can even conceive. So as you step into it this afternoon, do not be afraid. He is with you. Do not be dismayed. He is your God. He will strengthen you and help you. He will uphold you with his righteous right hand. Of that, I am absolutely certain. Thus saith the Lord. Would you pray with me? Father God, I pray right now for my brothers and sisters who who may be saying, I have more question marks than I know what to do with. And God, I thank you that you are a God who, who, who replaces question marks with exclamation marks. God, I thank you that you're the God today who is saying, don't be afraid. I am with you. Don't be dismayed. I am your God. I haven't forgotten you. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You are right in the center of my palm. 
I'm holding you. I'm lifting you with the same hand that I wield ultimate authority in the universe. I've got you. So it's okay to have question marks. In fact, with, with everybody just in a, in, in a, a position, a posture of prayer right now, whether you're at home or whether you're here in the room, wondering if we could have just a real moment. If you're struggling with uncertainty today, would you just slip your hand up in the air and say, yep, that's me. Yeah, all over, all over the room, all over. Thanks for your courage. God, for these brothers and sisters who raised their hands, God, for those who couldn't raise their hand because honestly, the weight of the uncertainty is just so heavy right now. I pray this prayer of blessing from Isaiah 41. And God, I pray that you would be a tangible presence for them right now. I pray that they would feel comforted because God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are all stepping closer to their heart right now. God, I pray for their courage. I pray for their confidence. I pray that they would boldly step into tomorrow, knowing that you are both with them and for them. God, I pray for anyone who is watching this online, today, in the future, here in the room. I pray for anyone who doesn't have the certainty of a relationship with Jesus. I pray for those who don't have a certainty of where they will spend eternity. And I pray right now that they would pray, cry out to you and simply say, God, save me. God, I've been wrong. I've sinned. Save me. God, I pray they would pray that because I am absolutely certain that you will keep your word. Because you said, if you confess your sin, I will be faithful and just and will forgive your sin, cleanse you from all unrighteousness. God, thank you for the promise of forgiveness. I pray that today would be the certain day of their salvation and that their heart would be healed their past would be forgiven and their future eternity would be made absolutely certain. So God, thank you for this moment. Thank you for not stepping away from our uncertainty, but stepping in. God, we love you. We know you love us. Walk with us and give us wisdom in these uncertain days. We pray these things in the powerful name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. amen, amen. You know, there are times when at the end of a service, we'll sing a song of, of praise because we want to put Jesus first. There's times when we sing songs of comfort because we feel that we need to invite God into those uncertain parts of our heart. There are other times when as a church, we sing in order to make declarations because we need to stand up with certainty and say, 
this I believe. There are people in the world who think I'm crazy because I believe in a virgin birth. I believe that, that small, unappointed kings can take on giants and win with rocks and slingshots if God is on their side. I believe that, that prophets can last three days in the belly of a whale if they're going in the right direction that God is taking them. I believe that Jesus died and that he rose again. And the world may call me a fool, but I would rather be a fool in the eyes of a man than a fool in the eyes of God. Of that I am certain. So I'm going to ask those people at home to stand up. I'm going to ask people that are watching in a coffee shop, stand up. I'm going to ask my brothers and sisters in the room, stand up. Because we have some declarations to make this morning. Because I believe in God our Father. I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Our God is three in one. And if you need to know how he feels about you today, you may want to go back and read Isaiah 41, verse 10. I love you. God bless you. Let's sing together.